Welcome to Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. Wednesday Bible study, 7 p.m. Want you to know that we believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful, we're bold, we believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. You know, if you've been with us on Wednesday Bible study at 7 p.m., then you may have learned something about obedience to the word of God as Hagar had to humble herself and return to a hostile environment. Well, we'll talk more about that on Wednesday but you know, that just comes to mind of how we need to, sometimes we have to humble ourselves and return to an environment that we despise, that made us feel bad, that hurt our feelings. But God is able to provide comfort as he did for Hagar. Listen, we're gonna go before the Lord in a word of prayer. Whatever your prayer request is, I don't know. Whatever's going on with you at this moment, I don't have the full answer, but God does. God has an answer for every problem, every situation. He told Abram, he said, I am your shield and exceeding great reward. And so with that in mind, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your kindness. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness, how you have blessed us to come together on this day. Lord God, you've given us breath. You've given us the activity of our limbs. Lord God, you've given us a reasonable portion of health. And we are thankful unto you for that. If you didn't give us breath in our bodies, we would not have been able to get up this morning. We would not have been able to go to work. We would not have been able to do uh, the things that we're doing even right now, gathering together in this place to worship you in the beauty of holiness. Lord God, thank you for your kindness. Lord Jesus, thank you for all that you have done for us leading up to this moment. You've given us favor. You've given us favor by blessing us with all that we need today. Thank you. We wanna recognize your favor in this moment your favor in this hour. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You're worthy to be praised. You're worthy of glory and honor. Lord God, I pray and ask that you would bless those that are listening, those that will be tuning in later, those that when they rise up, they're gonna turn on the service. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. As they go through their day, they're going to tune in and listen to your word. Lord Jesus, 
we honor you and we ask that you would bless them, bless their understanding. Bless them, Lord God, as they give you glory and honor. Bless them, Lord, as they are seeking truth, seeking to know you, to feel for you that they might find you. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for each individual. Lord, you know those that are sick in their body. Those, Lord God, that are dealing with emotional issue because of hurts or something that may have been said, something that may have been done to you. You know those, oh Lord God, that are dealing with stress, anxieties that have uh, has been fighting them. Lord God, I pray and ask that you would bless with relief. Lord Jesus, you know the relief that is needed. Oh, bless your name, Jesus. Lord, help, Lord. Help, Lord. Help, Lord. Help. You tell us to cast our cares on you because you care for us. And we believe that. We know that with assurance. So we ask these blessings in the name of Jesus, the unspoken requests that have been, that are in the hearts of those that believe, those that are seeking you. Ask that you would move according to your will in Jesus' name. We'll be careful to give you praise. We're going to be careful to give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Again, want to thank you for joining us, joining the online service. If you're looking for a church home growth ministry, I want to invite you to join us and to grow with us. Be blessed with us. Uh, we are certainly looking to do the will of God first by applying his word to our own lives. And, you know, it don't make sense to, to preach and talk to others uh, no matter who you are and you're not living up to God's expectations. All of us should live up to his expectations. So I want to invite you to, to join us, to grow with us and to be blessed with us. Listen, as we go on in the service, uh, uh, our Instagram account, our Instagram is going to be live, and that's at inside.the.pages. And so join us. You, you can watch the service live, the message live at that time. And so um, God bless you. Uh, thank you for your support. Certainly, we thank God for those that are supporting the ministry. My prayer is that you don't feel the loss for whatever you have given in uh, support to the ministry, those that are buying books, which are dedicated to the support of the ministry. That is the, the Lion and Bob Wire, which is personal testimony of how God has brought about deliverance in, before, in the church, as well as uh, uh, Lost But Found and the seven, or day seven, which is dealing with the book of Revelation as well as God wants you to succeed. All of those can be found on Instagram, excuse me. Well, yeah, you can see them on Instagram, but also can be purchased from Amazon. But thank God for those that support in ministry because uh, we we certainly uh, appreciate it. And, and may God bless you. That is my prayer through his word, through the written word, as well as the preached word. And most often you're gonna be blessed because you apply his word. Amen. At this time, I'm going to have our opening scripture, and then we're going to go on into the service. 
Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still water. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Acts 2, 46 and 47. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. Amen. Certainly, may the Lord add a blessing to the hearing and the reading of his word. Now, I don't know about you this morning, but I am so excited about the Lord. And I know you hear me say that, um, but I am. I'm excited about the Lord. You know, I thought about what God has done, where the Lord has brought me from. And, you know, you have your own testimony. I'm excited about what God has done and what he is doing for me. You know, and it took some time to, to get here. You know, it takes time to get, to arrive at where uh, God wants you to be. Nobody arrived overnight. No. So those of you that are, that are growing in Christ, you're going from grace to grace. It, yes, it takes time. No one, no one, this is not a sprint, but it is a marathon. It's a marathon where you, and you learn to, to hate the evil and love the good along the way. Listen, we're going to, uh, before we go into the word of God, I want to, or as we preparing, I want to direct your attention to the book of Romans, the second chapter, Romans, the second chapter. And while you're turning there, I want to, I just want a little bit of this song, you know, that has been ringing in my heart. And so, and then right afterwards, we're going to go into the word of God. Bless you, Jesus, mighty God. So I, I solicit your prayers. I certainly need your prayers. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. It's a very simple song. I've been captured by 
by a love I can't explain. Now you have me. I'm forever changed. I've abandoned everything I've ever known. Now I surrender. My life is not my own. I Those are the sentiments of my heart. But what about your heart? Do you feel that you belong to the Lord? You know, do you lift up your hands and your heart and your head and say, Lord, I belong to you. Life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself I give myself to you. That's how I feel right now. 
My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. My life is not my own. Can you just tell them? To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. Life is not my own, to you I belong, I give myself, I give myself to you. Bless your Lord Jesus. Lord, I belong to you. You belong to him too. Mighty God, bless your Lord. Thank you, LG. LG on the on the drums over there and giving God praise on on the the high sounding cymbal, the timbrets. So thank God for him and you know let's continue to hold him up in prayer. Let's continue to hold one another up in prayer as the Lord has given us grace. The Lord has blessed us and he is blessing. God is blessing. He is blessing. Thank you, Lord. Whatever you might be dealing with, whatever you might be going through, know that God is still with you. It might not seem like it. I've been there before. I've been there where it seemed like, you know, Lord, you're not there. I know your words say you're there, but I'm just not feeling you like that. Only to know that it was just a feeling. It's just a feeling. It's just a feeling and we have to get that in our minds and our, our heads that it is only a feeling because sometimes we're having a pity party. We read in the scripture about how they had pity parties. Yes, they did. So, so your pity party is not nothing new. They had pity parties also. The Bible said Jonah went down to Nineveh and things didn't happen the way he thought they was gonna happen. And he had a pity party. He's not the only one. He's not the only one. So let's fast forward it to today. Some of you have found yourself having pity parties too. You know, and so we're going to go on into the word of God. So I want to direct your attention this morning to Romans, the second chapter. And we're going to start with the first verse. We'll start there in the first verse. I endeavor not to be long this morning. Okay, endeavor not to be long. I know preachers will say that I'm not gonna be long. <laughs> and they are long. Some are just long-winded. Others are short. I count myself as a short-winded minister. Um, I, I often quote what Bishop Brown, Lily of the Valley Apostolic Church said, um, is that five minutes is too long for a bad message. Just right for a good one. And so if you give me five minutes, each of you, I think we'll be all right. Okay. The Bible says, therefore thou art inexcusable, O man. Whosoever thou art that judges. 
For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doeth the same thing. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judges them which do such things, doest the same, that thou should escape the judgment of God? Or despise thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Now, this epistle to the church of Rome, saints over there in Rome, city, seven hills, points out that all of us have received grace. It is for his name. You have grace for his name. Not because you're so good, but his name is good. And he's given us grace for his name's sake. The Lord emphasized this multiple times to Israel, that I'm not forgiving you of your trespasses and your sins because of because of your repentance in the moment. I'm forgiving you for my namesake so that others can see how graceful I am. You might want to think it was for you and it was your recipient of it, but it was for his namesake because his name is full of grace. The manifestation of his word, for God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in the glory. Uh, John, I believe it's about the 14th verse in the first chapter, said, then we beheld the glory of the only begotten son, full of grace and truth. It's grace. I asked a question about a week ago, uh, who, uh, what Jesus, his father, who is his father? What is his father's name? I didn't, something to think about. Who is Jesus' father? And what is his father's name? Now you can put that in the comments if, if you like. And it make sure that you give a scripture for what you're saying. Paul tells them first, I think, my God, through Jesus Christ, for you all, thank God for all of you, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. People are talking about you. People are talking about Cornerstone of Grace. They're talking about inside the pages. It's by the grace of God. Not something, I'm not spectacular. I'm, I'm saved by grace. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son. That without ceasing, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. Making requests, if by any means now and then I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. So Paul had expectations. He had hope that he would uh, be able to see the saints soon. You know, that that I could segue and go into a whole nother conversation about visiting 
the saints because there is an issue uh, that exists among those that say they are God's people, but they are separated. You know, we went through a whole separation of uh, not church and state, but a, a whole separation of segregated societies, you know, that you read about in history. I mean, we still see there are certain elements of that exist today. How is it that it exists in the church? Now, some would say that it doesn't. We would have to kind of have a conversation about that another time. But Paul says I, I, I'm, that I might, that my journey by the will of God to come unto you. For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift. Somebody's holding back their gift this morning because they're not present. Someone is holding back a gift because God has blessed them. At least they testified and saying, God has blessed me. You know, I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored and all of those other uh, cliche vernaculars and idioms that they like to use to describe. But are you there to share it with someone? You can't keep sharing it among the people that you're with. Well, let's go on. He said, to the end, you may be established. The purpose of the gift, the purpose of this gift is to establish you. Each one that is listening, each one that is tuning in, each one that will tune in after this service is over and hear the message. It is for the purpose of establishing them. Uh, get me John. St. John 1, I believe is verse 4, where, for I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, to the end ye may be established. It's important to be established. It's the whole purpose of the ministry, is to establish you as Christ-like, not as Bishop Tutu-like, not as evangelist, photographic-like, not as anyone else that you can think of, but that you might be Christ-like. What does it say? In him was life. No, no, um, I'm sorry, Luke. Did I say John? Okay, Luke. Luke, the first chapter, beginning at the first verse. Just, just start there at the first verse, please. For as much as many have taken in hand mm -hmm. to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, <clears throat> even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect, understand, perfect understanding of all things from the first, from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus. And the <laughs> and the purpose of that, read that thou mightest know know the the certainty of those things 
wherein thou hast been instructed. So that you will be established, a certainty, so that you have clarity, understanding, assurance. You're not established without those elements, without those characteristics. He goes on to say, that is that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Now, it's nice to be missed and to have a good reputation. Your name does carry, um, I hope, a good reputation. And or do people cringe when your name is mentioned? It's not warm and fuzzy. It's even humorous. Uh, when people think of you, that you know, it might be humorous because they think of that you, you're a friendly person and you know you're comical. You're good to be around. Or do they run with fear on the inside? People pray for you or quickly erase your name when it comes up in, in memory. Now, I, I, I can't wait to see you, is what Paul is saying. I, I want to share with you what God has given me. I, I want to encourage your heart to be comforted. And so he says, um, at least I find it, at least I find it interesting that Paul, the minister of God, mentions a need of hope of being comforted too. He said that we might be comforted together. And it's difficult to be comforted together if you're separated. The only time you see someone is when uh, you go there or they locate you. The way, they, the way we used to do it is that when we had something going on in the church um, that we would send out letters. Now it's, it's by, if you're, if you're not following someone on Facebook, uh, you know, or someplace, then you don't get a notice or a personal invitation or anything to know that something is occurring. Well, likewise, um, it shouldn't take just a notice or a special event to show up and say, hey, I was thinking about you. Paul is thinking about the people. And he says, I want to comfort you as well as be comforted. Now, the minister, pastor, gives and they give and they give. But they are not a continual recipient in return. Not all. There are some that, that the congregation treats them right. You know, take care of their pastor. They watch over their shepherd. And then there are others that don't know what or how to do that. And so they don't engage that. But once the minister has been settled, meaning they are in a position of hearing, position of obedience, a position of being humble, then God uses them as his treasure chest. Now, if you had a treasure chest and I have a little chest and my children, my grandsons, they like to go to it. And even though they're not little as in rugrats or, you know, carpet dwellers, they still like to go there. And bother it and see if there's something in there since the last time. The same 
chunk change that was in there is still in there. The same items that I put in there for is still in there. But they want to look in there anyway. And so there's a curiosity about what is in the treasure chest. The Bible tells us that we are treasures. Mm -hmm. Second Corinthians 4, 1 to 12 says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, what do we have? We have this ministry, a ministry of reconciliation. As we have received mercy, we faint not. We feel like fainting. Oh, yeah. Pastors, preachers, evangelists, teachers, ministers, when you're laboring, I'm not talking about those that are not laboring. And when I say laboring, I mean you're going out laboring. You're not waiting for your turn to, to speak at your, you know, three months from now. You've had time to recuperate three months from the last time that you spoke. But you're laboring in the gospel. Said we have received mercy and we faint not, but we renounce the hidden things of dishonesty. That's labor too. That's labor intense. You, you've been dishonest and you're denouncing those things of dishonesty within yourself. We're not going to deal with others until we deal with self. Not walking in craftiness. You're not going to tell everybody about their craftiness and not deal with your own yeah, until it's resolved. Or handling the word of God deceitfully. There's so many on the word channel and other places that are handling the word of God deceitfully. It's not about the saving of souls as it is as much as residual benefits. Not walking in craftiness, handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestations of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. For we preach not ourselves. I'm dropping down to the fifth verse. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ the Lord and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shown in our hearts to give the glory of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He said, we have this earthen, this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Don't put no one on a pedestal. The Lord said, if I be lifted up. And so we are to lift him up from the podium to the back door, to the side door, to the front door, to every door, to every window. We're to lift him up, lift Jesus higher. Lift him up for the world to see. He said, if I be lifted up, and these are the words of a song, then I'll draw all men unto me. Now, this is where the unexplainable happens. And I don't have time this morning to deal with the unexplainable. Uh, this is would have to be more of a pastoral session to talk about the unexplainables. That within the earthen vessel. He said, we're troubled on every side. Yet not distressed. We're perplexed. Things get complicated. 
You know, sometimes you're watching a movie and they ask the question uh, about the triangle that they found themselves in and, and they like to say it's complicated and, and that theme seems to travel from movie to movie. Can't you come up with a better script? It's complicated. No, it is not complicated. You just don't want to explain it. You don't want to deal with it. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. The Bible says that when you cease from sin, when you cease from sin, that you are then deal with afflictions in your flesh. The enemy can't tempt you to smoke that. The enemy can't tempt you to drink that. The enemy can't tempt you to climb into bed with that. Can't get you to lie. Can't get you to no. And so therefore the attack then becomes a physical upon you because God has made you a treasure chest, his box, not necessarily decorative. When we think of a treasure chest, we, we think of something that is all decorated, you know, in the movies and stuff. But then when you, when you look at some of the Pirates of Caribbean and stuff like that, you know, you find a wooden chest that's been, uh, submerged in the water and so they're starting to the wood is starting to deteriorate you know it's taking its toll on it but then when you open it up when you open it up so that that treasure chest that you see that the one that you might call an old crabby one that you might think is not worth anything uh, understand that not all boxes filled with treasures are decorated on the outside uh, the Bible tell us, uh, and you'll find that in Hebrews, that, uh, you know, so treasures are not limited to monies, but also contain artifacts that were once considered lost. Oh, you, you, you need to really get this. You, you really need to understand this because there are some things that have been and uh, lost along the way. And then it was recovered and then it was lost again. Nehemiah 8, 8 says, so they read in the book of the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. So I, I need you to get this. They read from the word of God as we're doing this morning. And they gave the sense and caused them to understand the purpose of the reading and the hearing of the word of God and how it should be applied daily. Has that been lost? Has that been lost among churches where the message is only about you getting things, stuff? I know people that don't go to church that have what you're, what some are praying for because they take the initiative. They took the initiative. Some are taking the initiative and they apply themselves. And it's not limited to people that had a, I don't even wanna say a silver spoon because some of us had wooden spoons, some of us had plastic spoons. 
some of us had, uh, what is it, a, a spork, you know, and, and so uh, that that little spoon with the jagged edges that supposed to, you know, and so we all didn't come up the same way. Some of us lived on the south side of the track, others lived on the north side of the track, and we had to learn. We took the initiative. Even after recovering, some recovered uh, addicts took the initiative to become something. So let's erase the excuses. Let's not play the excuse game. I was in a, in a role and I wanted to change. And someone told me, they said, and they knew I would understand what, I was, what they were telling me uh, because they were a bishop at a Mormon church. And they said, you know, a prophet is without honor in his own house. In other words, you're going to have to leave this company to get the position that you're looking for. And I did that. I understood what they were saying and was exalted in ways that, but based upon what was said. So we have to take the initiative to do things. We're not going to stay here. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 3 and 1, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. Eli was the temple. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. There was no open vision. The word of the Lord was precious. The word of God is precious today. And an open vision of what God is saying and what he is doing is not limited to you getting a car, uh, a house, a new job. You need more than that to survive because things come and go. Those things are lost from experience. You need more than that to survive. Everyone isn't or isn't presenting salvation. They're presenting a blessing plan. Get rich schemes uh, without soul. Salvation is is not the cream of things. No, no, no. Get money, y'all. It's not that. No, no, that's not get money. No, 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 no. It, you need to get Christ. You can get those things without him, without being in church. Yes. But as the, the, the commercial, you say things go better with Coke, things go better with Christ. Now, God is not taxing as some has presented, but he is liberating. Let's go on into the word. I'm just about done here. Pastor, listen, I'm just about done. Romans 2, 1 through 4 says, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whatsoever thou art that judges, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judges doeth the same thing. Inexcusable, meaning you are not justified in what you do. Your actions are not going to be tolerated. You cannot, should not tell others what to do and you do the opposite. You know, parents used to say, do as I say and not as I do and all that old goofy stuff. When it should be that you're setting an example, spiritual parents, natural parents. It's just like telling your child, I'm not your friend. 
Well, then God is not your friend either because he's the parent and progenitor of all things, creator of all things. And he said that you're his friend. He didn't say, I'm not your friend. I'm your parent. I'm the creator of all things. I'm God. I'm sovereign. I'm not your friend. He didn't say that. So why would you tell your child, I'm not your friend? There's a time to be mom. There's a time to be dad, but there's a time to be mentor. There's a time to be a friend. There is a time to be something different as God also did some things that were different. When the when they were in the fiery furnace, he showed up in the fiery furnace. He took the heat out the fire. You need to know when you need when to take the heat out the fire. When Abram was standing in the tent door, contemplating whatever he was thinking about, I don't know, he, he wanted a son. The son had not been given yet. He wanted a child to inherit. And he was standing in the tent door. Maybe he was recuperating from, from standing there talking to Sarah. I don't know. We know they were romantically involved as husband and wife. And so the Bible says that he looked out and he saw three strangers coming. One of them was God. The other two were angelic uh, beings with him. They were not winged creatures. And so many, all angels don't have wings. The Bible doesn't paint that picture for those that are studying the word of God. Listen, they're walking up and two of them go on down to Sodom and Gomorrah, but God stays with Abram and they have some barbecue and they have some bread and some butter and some milk. In that moment, they were sitting as friends. Abram knew his, his limitations. He knew that God was sovereign, but they had a friendly meal. Let's go on here. That's Wednesday nights at seven o'clock. You can't do and tell others don't do, you know, and all this old crazy stuff. That's a that's what you call a what? A hypocrite a word that people aren't using today. You hypocrite to tell others to do it and you're not doing it. You're fake. Fake eyelashes, fake eye lenses, fake lashes, fake. Listen. <laughs> But we're sure, the second verse, okay. But we're sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. Now, back in the day, and some of you might might remember this and others may not, I don't know, you're aging. And you know, I, I catch, I see young people all the time uh, going back, looking at stuff on YouTube and laughing about it and getting with it and all this stuff. And so back in the day, uh, Kitty Gordon, who went under the name of Rockwell, him and Michael did a song, um, uh, old crazy song, saying somebody's watching me. And, and so uh, you might feel that someone is watching you, and they are. And that's the truth. And you need to get that. 
Uh, because in Second Chronicles, it tells us for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth to show himself strong on in the behalf of those who heart are perfect toward him. Wherein thou hast done foolishly. Therefore, from hence forth thou shalt have wars. And so God speaks to him and said, look, you, you're not acting right. You're not doing the right things. And so you need to do what is right. And so and there's a way to do this. There's a way to do it. When we find ourselves not acting the right way, you know, we're, we're, we're doing all the things the wrong way. There is a. So the Bible tells us that God is watching. The Apostle Paul continues with this exhortation and, and he said, and thinkest thou this, O man, thou judges them which do the same thing and do us the same thing. Thou, you're going to escape the judgment of God. No, it's not going to happen. He said, or despise thou the riches of his goodness. Here we go. Excuse me, the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. It's time to change partners. To be led, as you know, means to go with it. You got to go with it. You got to hold the hand of the one that's leading it and move with them. It is to be, and if you dance before, you know what I'm saying. You, you got to go with it. You got to follow the lead. You know, no one wants to uh, to be on a dance floor with someone that don't know how to lead to dance. The ladies know what I'm saying. It is to be in a good place, particular place, or have the right directions. It's to our advantage when we when the leader is doing things the right way. Now. We're talking about the goodness of God leading you. So things are going to be done the right way. So that means that if your, your dance partner is the wrong partner, when you're doing things the wrong way, you're stepping in, you're stumbling all over just foot, you know, and, and again, people get upset. You on the dance floor with somebody and they don't know what they're doing. You just you can't wait till that song is over so that you can get off the floor. You don't want to dance with them. But that had never happened with God. When his goodness is leading the steps, you don't have to worry about being embarrassed. You don't have to worry about being left alone. You don't have to worry about the wrong moves being made because his goodness is leading you. It's the right partner to have. And so we have to let go and give God that advantage. You got to let him lead the dance. For some, this is you're in the last dance. You have to let others lead you. And in this case, you need God to lead you. It's time to let God take control. To let him write and direct the narrative. Now, we've been we've been doing it our way for years. People have been doing it for days. I've been in church a long time. And that's all you've been is in church. We've always done it this way. Well, it's time to do something different if you've always done it this way. CLG, get this. GOD is saying to CLG and to all that's listening that it's time to make this change. We talk about dancing with the stars. No, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about you being a star. Yes, when you dance with him, you become the star. Proverbs 4 and 18 says, but the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more in a perfect day. Daniel's 12 and 3 
says, and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many souls to righteousness as the stars forever. Revelation 1 and 19, and I'm closing with this. He said, write these things which thou seest, and the things which are, and the things which are hereafter, the mystery of the seven stars, which are that I show in the right hand and the seven candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels and the seven churches and the seven candlesticks are the seven churches. Listen, his goodness. The Bible tells us that his goodness leads us to repentance. It's time for us to make sure that we are dancing with the right partner. And that's his goodness. Let God's goodness lead you. He's not just going to lead you to repentance. There will be a change. Your dance moves are going to be a lot better, be a lot healthier in this life. But he's going to lead you through the avenues and the doors and the paths that you need to walk through in that moment, in that situation, whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever it is. Let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for your word. Well, God, we look for you to lead us and guide us. You said if we acknowledge you in all our ways, you'll direct our path. Lord, I, I pray that you will keep this word stirred in the hearts of your people, that they will allow your goodness to lead you, to lead them, to lead, to be directed, no matter what the situation is. Lord God, you're the one that helps us in the time of need. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you don't have a church home, if you've not been following the Lord, if you were following him and, and stop, it's time to make a change. It's time to come back. It's time to yield ourselves unto the Lord. The Bible tells us to do our first works over. So you need to believe. First works is belief. Believe that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. And, and so when you are seriously seeking him, when you're applying the word of God, and when I say applying the word of God, I'm talking about moral standards, what we call moral standards. I'm talking about economic standards. I'm talking about every, do things the right way. And everything falls in line because of he said, the diligence shall be a rule. That is a universal law. What do I need to do? That's what they asked. Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin. Baptism is not a outward celebration that I believe in God. No, it's for remission of sin. And the Bible tells us that plainly. The Lord told them that, that, that remission of sin should be preached in his name. And so they followed that. They understood when he said, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. They knew Jesus' Father's name. They know who Jesus' Father was. And so if you have not committed yourself unto the Lord this morning, then I want to encourage you to do just that, to seek him while you can be found. Continue to